This is Bragg, son of Balin, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. calls for aid. And Brog shall answer. Amon Dean is on fire. Welcome back to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast focusing on the momentous MMO RPG Lord of the Rings Online, as well as related topics in books, movies, gaming, and the lore of John Rarrar Tokian. This is episode 34, and I'm your host, Brag of the Lonely Mountain, Moonland Explorer, and Dwarf of Ill Repute. I am broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ at the Black Pond outside the gates of Moria. Grima is on assignment this week in Karndoom. It's the farthest away and most uh, uncomfortable place I could think to send him. He told me somewhat cryptically that we would be hearing from him this week on Saturday night, so I don't know what that's all about. But uh, frankly, I'm glad to be taking a little bit of a break from the guy um, so this, uh, on assignment deal may have to be kind of a permanent bi-weekly series. We shall see what he finds in Carndoom that he can, uh, share with us next week if he's not, uh, uh, you know, swallowed up by the poisonous, uh, fumes of Imlad Balkorth. Um, so I am gazing upon the walls of Moria. And across from my vantage point on the other side of the black pool, I can't quite make out the details of the door. I know exactly the stretch of wall where it does reside, just to the right of a, a large tree that's on the other side of the wall. As I look around um, to the top of the mountain, straight up in the air, I can see pine trees kind of dotting below the tree line and then giving way to the sheer rock face, which is uh, striated and rippled down to the shoreline. Um, the pool itself is a deep ochre green. Is that a color? I don't know. I need my crayon box to describe it accurately. There's a bunch of pond scum floating around, algae. There are a number of trees that are toppled over. There's, of course, the dam to the far right, which I think I'm going to break pretty soon. It's time to empty this pool out and uh, find out. Make sure there's no Little watcher babies kind of, uh, you know, swimming around in the depths down there, growing slowly. That would be bad. Bad. Watcher babies would be bad. So this pool is one that will impart dread to you if you swim across it. And I have heard tales of people sliding down the rock face to my left and jumping into the pool if they time it just right. Uh, I thought we'd have a pool party here today, so I got a bunch of my dwarf buddies from, uh, you know, from the gate of Durin and... Uh, we're, uh, we're going to have a little swim and uh, maybe barbecue out here, get the grill rolling. You know, come on, it's summer, right? So this is the best pool we got. Um, I think we need to change the filter, though. Um, yeah, maybe we'll shock it with uh, some bleach or what do you throw into the pool when you shock it? You know, all those chemicals and stuff. 
Um, I'm sure we can dig something up out of the red horn loads that might uh, help clean this place up from the algae a little bit. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll just wear our snorkels. Uh, that's enough of this junk. Let's get on to lighting our second beacon. Elanok. First, it's time for CRAP, corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. So let's take a look at the ticker tape. Last episode, episode we offended Arvidui, whom we called Evidui, uh, dwarven sexual therapists, Frithgear, and his quote-unquote platonic click cave claw friends. You viewers out there know that I was using air quotes on that one. Hashtag Gamergate apologists and Mumak PETA representatives. To you all, I issue a solemn and very heartfelt sorry. Uh, so let's get on to viewer comments from last week. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I got a, I got an email from, I am not making this up, grimafan at grimafan.com. I'm going to have to go out and check out grimafan.com while I'm talking here because uh, <laughs> if someone reserved that site, then that's just uh, a little too amusing for my own good. Uh, so he says, hi, Berg. Uh, obviously playing off my uh, my keyboard issues of a week or two ago. Uh, here's a suggestion to your Berg Fixes Lotro segment. What are repair anvil? I'm just going to correct it. What air are repair anvil still bound to the... Why are repair anvil still bound to the tune that created them? Come on, Lotro, fix this. And I agree. Whenever a tune can, you know, create something special, um, you know, that's kind of a, a neat class-specific skill or even a, um, even a uh, class, you know, specific crafting, crafting uh, profession-specific skill, it would be nice for them to be able to share those with friends, kinmates, or even put them on the auction house. You know, what's it going to hurt? You know, people can make as many of them as they want. It's not going to wreck the economy. They're not going to be that expensive. But it would be nice to share them around to uh, to others to be able to use inside a fellowship. So I agree that would be a neat fix. You know, I actually don't use this feature that often myself. It's really... It's really a reflection of, you know, the most common usage is when you're grouping and uh, you're in an instance and, you know, you run back from the boss from the fourth time of wiping and people are starting to lose armor, uh, you know, going red from damage. And uh, it's nice to have a repair anvil handy in that kind of scenario so people don't have to leave the instance and come back. That doesn't really help anybody. Um, discourages grouping, slows down group play. So it is uh, nice when that option is available. So agree with you, Grima fan. Thanks for writing in. I'm not sure I agree with your allegiances there, but uh, maybe I'll send you to Carndoom with my friend there, and I use the term loosely. Uh, Tommy Oric, friend of the show, wrote in, says, I do find that I hit the store button on the legendary item page far too often than I mean to, and I never mean to. Uh, so he's talking about the, uh, the issue that I described in the, my forum section last week. And uh, Tommy York also write in that he decided based on your go at the Bragg Solo Sandbrog Challenge, um, he uh, ended up trying to take it on with his warden. Uh, you know, not, no special gear, level 95 crafted gear and jewelry, non-big non battle barter stuff, you know, non-essence stuff. He used a, a couple of consumable buffs like scrolls, hope tokens, but no food. And uh, I think the difference here is what he describes here. I mean, the only reason that... Um, the one time that I attempted this, I was not able to bring down Samborg at the end, and it was kind of close, was that 
I ran out of power from all the power drains. And wardens are lucky enough to have a power return gambit uh, that acts as a power over time. That combined with the occasional potion kept him pretty much in full blue the whole time. And so, you know, uh, power drain isn't uh, an issue for a warden in that kind of fight when there's enough enemies to leech from. Whereas for the guard, um, you know, I did not have as much power issues, uh, you know, previously. Um, you know, there were one or two skills that you could do in, in addition to catch a breath, which would help your power return, which we no longer have available to us with the class retreat system. Um, you know, again, not normally a problem, but this kind of instance when you're soloing it and uh, there are a number of power drains that are available to the mobs that you're fighting. Yeah. Uh, so Tomiark was able to solo it with a warden, which I'm not terribly surprised at. And... Um, uh, he said, of course, the RNG returned a poor reward for his efforts, which is maybe the reason not to do it. Uh, he was considering maybe putting together a set of essence gear, and, but based on the above, he's wondering if it's really worth the grind and effort when level 95 gear seems to be fine. And I assume level 95 gear is fine for that kind of thing, but probably not for the new instance cluster in... Um, in Eastern Gondor. I'm hearing on Tier 2 that it can be quite challenging. So, uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't do it for that kind of activity, but if you want to be up on the latest uh, the latest instances, uh, as soon as they fix the rewards to make them worth doing on Tier 2, um, then I'm thinking you probably will need to uh, grind a bit and upgrade. Um, aside from that, I wanted to give an update on what I've been doing with the Newbie Blogger Initiative 2015. What I'm finding interesting is that the majority of the other participants are blog are bloggers. And so um, they're issuing kind of talkback challenges about every, I don't know, second, third, fourth day uh, where there's a new topic where the bloggers are supposed to, uh, you know, write up their response and, and post it out there. And seeing as I have a biweekly podcast, I'm falling quite behind on some of these topics. Um, just in the last couple of weeks, they had a section on uh, what made you what made you a gamer, quote unquote gamer, however you want to define that. Uh, post just the other day on the seven sins of gaming and, and do they seep into your gameplay? Um, gluttony and sloth and you know maybe some uh, you know good old fashioned um, you know coveting that kind of thing. Uh, but one that I did uh, contribute to was a poetry slam, uh, which was a challenge to write a poem about the subject of in-game gold or currency. And had something that uh, I had available that I had written previously for that challenge. And I'm going to share it with you in another beacon later on this podcast. So we'll move on from there for now. But still enjoying the Newbie Blogger Initiative 2015 challenge. And uh, I believe it's got a couple weeks left to go. And uh, it's been fun joining in with that community. Just wanted to touch on that again. And thanks to all the other folks out there that have offered their support. Okay, Community Spotlight. First of all, Lotro Player's 100th episode coming up on Saturday night. And Bragg somehow made the guest list. They obviously were not aware of uh, some of my past transgress transgressions and history of uh, impropriety on the air. Um, so I'm going to try to make that. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of guests, so I don't expect to speak much. Maybe get one, one chance to pipe in and and maybe sit in the chat room and enjoy the atmosphere. But it looks like they're putting pulling together some special stuff for that, so I encourage everybody to join in and give it a listen, um, you know, live during the broadcast if possible. 
Uh, also wanted to offer support. I saw that uh, this past week, Kooky Kyle, one of the Lotro standard uh, streamers, was doing a 24-hour Lotro marathon for charity. And I think he just finished that up yesterday. So um, that's, as always, impressive. And uh, also heard that Mythgard, um, the uh, kin and class that uh, are organized and run by the Tokian Professor, is um, Token Professor is now an official Lotro streamer, streamer himself, and he is on 12.30 server time on Fridays, uh, which is unfortunate for me, given my employment situation. It's not, unf- not unfortunate that I'm employed, but unfortunate that I will generally not be able to uh, attend a Lotro stream at that point in time. Um, there was a description of what he was doing this past week with his burglar in the Shire, bumbling around the Shire and learning about the game and espousing lore at every turn, as you'd expect, uh, which is, uh, of course, one of the main hooks. Um, and it just sounds like a hoot. He sounds like a really fun guy to uh, to join on a Twitch stream, and he's got quite a following. So uh, sounds like it would be a good community event. Encourage those who have not checked that out to give him a try as well. Uh, what's going on in the forums besides that? I did notice the new player council announcements came out this past week. Uh, good slate of new folks, it looks like, for the PvE council, as well as a few on the PvP council. And uh, I believe a couple of the people were renewed, which seemed to be a bone of contention with a few players, but uh, I don't think it was a very big deal, um, given the size of the council that they have. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest question that I saw posted in the forums immediately after was why didn't Lotro share the servers of the people on the player council? And I think I understand why they don't. They're trying to minimize the opportunity. I mean, certainly anyone can look these players up and hunt them down and figure out what server they're on and harass them. But just placing that extra little barrier of not knowing that might discourage the majority of people that would do it out of hand. So it it is a a modicum of protection for them. And, uh, you know, I think if you publish all the servers, inevitably you're going to find some server that thinks it's underrepresented or doesn't like their representative because, you know, on their server, you know, they don't have a representative that represents PvP or that plays, you know, in groups or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I don't think that's something that's going to please everybody. It's just going to open up a can of worms. Um, you know, certainly I would hope that being on Vilia that there would be someone on the council from Vilia, but... You know, if there isn't, it's it's not the end of the world. There are uh, you know other servers with similar sizes and similar play styles out there, and um, I'm sure they're doing the best they can to get a cross section of folks at this point in time. Um, aside from that, I heard a rumor that Free Lorne is actually a nickname derived from Free Loader, since he never picks up a tab at lunch. Okay, I made that up. Please don't write in that Free Lorne is a freeloader. Just kidding. He's Doing a decent job, I think. Um, you can tell him I said so. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in-game these past few weeks. We're going to have a quick dash of culture, care of our 2015 NBI Poetry Slam. We're di- going to discuss the summer's producer letter. And if there's any time remaining, we will dissect a Muma kill and identify its various organs, glands, ducts, and stomach contents. So given that, let's move on to our third beacon. Nardal is aflame this week in gaming and or other Tolkien news and I will provide the same byline again other games what other games I have update 16 content that I have not penetrated yet everything else must wait so in Lotro this week Bragg 
has been traipsing around uh, eastern Gondor further. Um, I have penetrated the map, questing around Bar-Hurin and South Athelion, and up to the edge of the Morgul Vale and Osgiliath itself. And so I'd have to say that uh, it has been uh, some excellent uh, times right there. I, I am definitely engaged with the content at this point, enjoying the single, pretty much single solo player PvE experience. And uh, one of the things I was impressed with was Imlad Middlewi, um, which is uh, north of Lossernark, nestled in the mountains. And this is um, one of the garden cities of Gondor. And, you know, it's a definitely a different take with the giant kind of flowing walls of flowers and rose gardens everywhere. Uh, they did, a, devs did a great job on this. This was a very pretty town, uh, city really. Um, you know, just large enough to kind of get yourself lost a little bit. And uh, again, the quests, um, nothing spectacularly new or different, but there's a little bit of intrigue involved. And uh, it's, a, you know, an excellent way to get you engaged walking around the landscape and, and seeing uh, some of the fine artwork that the devs imparted to it. Um, so as I've uh, been moving across southern uh, Ithilien, I'll, I'll avoid spoilers, but uh, there's one refrain I hear again and again from every ranger I meet. Where's Faramir? Where's Faramir? I really have to talk to him. No one knows where he is. Well, this guy is, they're certainly building up the, the tension around Faramir's premiere, so he, he better have a pretty big reveal at some point in time. And uh, I think I'm on the verge of it now. Um, there is a an orc camp just south of Asgiliath that I penetrated uh, this week it has a big warning on it for, as far as the questing attached to it. Advanced difficulty. Uh, you know, be careful. And uh, I actually thought it was not that much more difficult than some of the other camps that I'd been into. Um, landscape camps, you know, just about no matter how many orcs or half-trolls you got uh, are not a problem for a well-equipped guard right now. Uh, you know, again, able to take 15 to 20 mobs at a time. Uh, it certainly speeds up your first game playthrough. And, and as I'm doing it, I'm imagining, oh boy, when I come through here with my lore master and minstrel, it's going to be so much slower. I am <laughs> uh, enjoying the new orc models available in eastern Gondor, thank goodness. Um, especially their beady little red eyes. And uh, I like that the Morgul Drun, the, the river pouring forth out of the Morgul Vale is all poisony and stuff. It's kind of hard to get across it conveniently. There's not too many um, convenient crossings in the landscape, a uh, bit of an impediment. But uh, I forgot, frankly, I forgot there was a river issuing out of Mordor um, as part of the map. Uh, I don't remember the story interacting with it too much. But, it, you know, it makes sense. You know, anything on the western side of the mountains is going to have a watershed, right? Um, so I liked that. That was a kind of a neat, uh, a neat touch. Um, I did reach the, the crossroads of the king and found the, uh, the king lying on the ground with the, the crown of flowers around his head. Uh, so again, the devs not missing a beat on that. I uh, was kind of hoping that uh, there would be a, maybe a session play attached to the crossroads of the king when you found there, maybe found some some uh, you know left behind by the Hobbit that would trigger some kind of memory of them passing through, but uh, you know they still may have that after you know you get more story from Faramir that could be um, could be uh, a chance to do some session play with the Hobbits. So still holding out hope for that. I think it makes sense. So I'm so I'm guessing they will have some sort of session play 
where you get Seafrodo and Sam and probably Gollum as well. And uh, I am now in the um, in the in the ooh, what do you call them the sewers of Osgiliath, and that is where I'm poised. Um, so I'm just getting my first glimpses inside the city of what eventually will be our next PVMP map. No do spoilers on that. So how do I feel about my guard build? Um, given that I have seen guards running around, you know, in the latest and greatest gear with about 35k morale, I feel like I still have some work to do. Bragg topped out, you know, unbuffed, uh, only reaches about 24k with his current build. You know, I've always preferred mitigations, you know, and block parry evade to and and uh, and resistance to just piling on straight morale. Um, but I think I need to get closer to 27 or 28k to be a bit more comfortable in some of the instances uh, for tier two. I've heard that the tier two spike damage can be pretty hellacious. Um, you know, and I think it's probably a reflection of the essence gear that I do have. Um, you know, focusing on you know things aside from straight vitality and morale essences uh, to try to build a more well-rounded character. But I, I might have tipped the scales just a little too much. I'd like him to be up around 27 or 28k. You know, to be a, li a bit more balanced and have a little more cushion for your minstrel. And certainly don't want groups judging me. You know, by having a 24k tank coming in at least unbuffed and thinking that I'm not up to the job, which uh, you know. A lot of people will make a snap judgment like that. I think if you ask around the game, if you have a choice between a 24K morale guard and a 35K morale guard, you're going to take the 35K morale guard. So um, I could also work on that by adding two more essence gears to, you know, I think I have two two pieces of gear that are uh, have the set bonus on it for Guardian's Pledge cooldown. And I could replace those with essence gear as well to build up more morale. So... I'll think about that a little more. Um, I think I'm going to see what rewards are still available in the Eastern Gondor um, questing instances and epic line uh, before I make a decision on uh, on gear moving forward. And certainly as I start some of the instances in the area, hopefully there are some 5 essence uh, slotted gears in my future at some point. Um, and what else? So my Bjorning is now level 73, moving right along in Dunland. Um, was taking a look at his virtues last week, and you know what? It, it's hard to find virtues. You know, I'm getting to the point in the game where I, I don't want to get too far ahead uh, without doing some deeding to keep my virtues, you know, somewhat apace so I don't have to do them all when I get to 100. Um, you know, if you're moving through, one recommendation I always make to players is when you're moving through a landscape, you know, if there's an easy exploration dude, uh, deed, dude, that will um, pump up one of the virtues you use in your build, you know, it's easier to do it while you're there for the initial landscape, uh, you know, penetration or even, you know, a slayer deed. Um, you know, you can do all the quests in the area that happen to touch on that slayer deed to help, you know, so that when you go back and finish it off, it's a little easier. So, you know, I always recommend as you move through the PvE um, progression that you keep an eye on what stats you're going to want to use in your virtues down the road so that you can kind of earmark those deeds um, and maybe tick off a few as you go. And uh, it's hard to find virtues for the Bjorning that don't waste one of the three slots on some kind of power stat, either, you know, in combat power return or out of combat power return or max power. Um, so I subbed out Innocence, 
um, and or honor, which are virtues I would normally use on some of my other tunes, for zeal, which is another one that I like. And I went back and did some deeding of goblins in Lamale's Vineyard for zeal, which is an, uh, a nice, easy zeal virtue that you can run through in che- outside Chelendim. Uh, Kellendim, sorry. And um, also working on the Explorer metadeed for Dunland as I move through Dunland because uh, you can collect you know, five, six, seven virtue points, getting all the different Explorer deeds, and then the, you might as well get the metadeed while you're at it. And that's going to provide a, another point of zeal as well. Uh, I finished uh, the Dunbog, Coreglin, Gravenwood, and returned to Talmathedris to do some cleaning up. Oh, I have to reflect on this. This is one of the great moments as I was uh, venturing with my Bjorning this past week. As you remember, outside of uh, Barnavon is the name of the town. If you head south, uh, exploring the territory for, I think it's like Ashad, Avank, or something like that, there's a large pool and uh, in, in the bottom of a valley. And as you go up to the eastern edge of the pool, there's a chain dangling out of it. And if you click on the chain... Uh, a giant avank comes out of the uh, comes out of the pool. Spoiler alert, and attacks. And uh, by the way, there's no such thing as spoiler alerts for a zone that's been out for like you know six years. So give it a break. Um, so anyway, I, I was uh, being attacked by the giant avank, and uh, and as I was uh, as I was DPSing him, I turned on my um, my handy bear skill, my thrash skill, which is the one where they stand up on their hind legs and do an AOE kind of double claw to everything in their tone. And as I did that, I, I, I spun the camera to the side and I saw this epic looking battle. I mean, there was this giant dinosaur half in, half out of the water and the bear reared up on his hind legs and was clawing at the giant dinosaur. And I was like, this is like right out of a Godzilla movie. This is like one of the best screen caps I've ever seen. And so I quick turned off my UI, and I was just about to hit the screen print button, and the Avank died and fell over sideways, and I just missed it. I was so mad. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, you can't reactivate the quest again, and I don't know of another Avank in the game that's that big. This was perfect, my Bjorning, and oh, now I don't know. i got to find another big Avank. There's probably one out there that I'm not thinking of right now, but... It would have been a fantastic screenshot. So if you have a Bjorning and you're moving through Dunland, be ready for that one. Um, what else? Um, I, uh, I did go through the Epic Quest line series that takes you through the bowels of Isengard. And uh, talked to Akka in the prison and got to play Grima in session play. Grima, thankfully, that's one of the reasons I had to send him away. He was so giddy to find out he had a session play. I do like the way they make the little Grima character walk around. He looks like such a little you know, rat sneak. They captured that perfectly. And um, he's got this skill. The only skill he has you can activate during the session play is called the Seeds of Doubt skill. And uh, it does not work on Saruman. It tells you that when you mouse over it. But... I started experimenting with it. You know what? It does work on Akka. So I was hitting him, I'm hitting him, I'm hitting him. Then Gandalf walks up to talk to Saruman. I'm like, you know, if it won't work on Saruman, it won't work on Gandalf. But I hit Gandalf anyway just to see. And you know what? It worked on Gandalf. You get those little giant question marks that come out of the top of their heads and spin in circles like they're, you know, like they're, uh, uh, you know, like they're confused. And uh, so I was hitting Gandalf with the Seeds of Doubt skill again and again as he's talking to Saruman. And then they're like, you know, Grima, go take care of Gandalf's horse. And I'm like, yeah, sent me away. This is 
boring. Whenever, and I tried the skill on Gandalf's horse, and it worked on Gandalf's horse. <laughs> so the Seeds of Doubt skill works on Gandalf's horse. So remember that when you're in the session play. It's very important. <laughs> it's, it's the small pleasures in life, isn't it, guys? Um, so headed back to Talmathedris to clean up the mess there. You know, you guys know what the, you know, the rangers continuing befuddling happens um, at that part of the story. And parted ways with the great company and headed for Grimbolt's camp. So that's where my Bjorning is right now. Pretty soon it'll be 75. I'll open up the Dragok instance just in case I see that one being called for. It doesn't happen that much anymore, but if it does, I want to be ready. And I'll be ready to move on to my war steed, which I've heard is really boring for the Bjorning. Great. Maybe they'll fix it at some point. Uh, what other characters have I played? Uh, I did do some leveling with my burglar. Um, she is up to level 96. And uh, was opening her up to do another of the big battles, trying to move through the five required to survive the long night uh, so that I can move past that and level her to 100 at some point soon. And um, my gold hobbit present was up for the week. And what did I win? Huzzah! 200 mithril coins. This is the first time I have ever won mithril coins in a hobbit present poll. So it does happen. <laughs> I've heard of other people getting it, but uh, all the presents I've ever had, that was the first one. And 200 is a pretty good amount. So I was pretty excited for that, especially since I only had one or two. I do find myself using it probably most commonly to skip through a long travel segment to get to um, a quest objective, if it's one that I've done many times in the past. And uh, it, they do come in, you know, I won't do it in a new area for five mithril coins, but some of the old areas for one mithril coin, you know, it might save me five or even ten minutes at some point, depending on where I am and where I'm going. And that could be worth it. So very excited about that. Um, I completed the Deeping Wall big battle. And uh, you know, bronze completion, of course. Uh, and uh, I got one of the side quests as well, which I successfully finished, protecting the Hornburg. Uh, failed the Deviler's, Defiler's Totems quest, and I forget if there was another one or not. So this one doing alone was better, I found, than, um, than trying to do the deep um, the Helm's Dyke one on your own. Uh, a little easier for a Berg. You know, at least you can give officer commands, you can fire catapults, you can drop rocks, you can repel ladders and grappling hooks, you can heal banners. Um, the side quests are still tough until I get another tier two under my belt, but, uh, I should, I should be tier two or maybe even tier three by the time I finish all five skirmishes, depending on how well I do with the others. Um, the only other tune got some action was my champ, who's now level 38. Crazy champ. I don't know why, you know, I think I was inspired last week. I was hearing some of the, hearing some of the guys on uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to talking about their champs, AOE, AOEing, um, you know, their way through skirmishes and what a bloodbath it was and how much fun. So I got on my champ and I went deeding for Drakes in the North Downs in order to get the Elven one-handed sword bonus plus 5%. Um, so I used the the area, if you go up the to the Ramduath, um, there are a number of drakes kind of down in the valley to the left, underneath the mother of the valley, mother of the valley, and that's a decent place to deed those, and as well as uh, collect some, uh, collect some crafting mats from uh, from the areas there. So one-handed sword bonus is handy for a champ that's dual wielding, and I also went to the Shire up north of Brock and Borings to finish the Goblin's Deed Slayer Deed in the Shire for plus five percent bow damage. Not going to use bow a ton as a champ, probably just for pulling, but. Good to have that over and done. 
the next racial deed for my champ is the Enmity of the Drakes. She's an elf. Um, to get that to 150 Drakes, which is a little bit of a grind. Um, so I, I didn't feel like doing it the day I was logged in, but I got her camped in the area that I was farming for Drakes earlier. And that one produces the Eldar's Grace skill, which is worth having. That's uh, I think it's a plus 75% evade for 10 seconds or something along those lines. So I'll have to get back to that one. And that's what I've been doing in-game. Let us move on to our fourth beacon. Eralas. Moving on to Eralas. Uh, excuse me. This swimming pool's getting a little cold. Let me get a towel. Uh, guys, save me a brat from the grill, will you? So, uh, the Newbie Blogger Initiative 2015 Poetry Slam... Uh, this is a challenge that was thrown out, I guess, in 2014 for the first time, where they tried to get the bloggers to uh, produce any kind of uh, artistic content uh, from uh, simple haiku and or you know, short prose onto more dramatic works of art, anything that you can call poetry, which is pretty open-ended. And the topic that was thrown out was uh, write a poem about in-game gold or currency. And... Um, you know, I uh, I thought about it for a little bit and remembered that I had something that I had written quite some time ago that was roughly applicable. And, uh, you know, always being one to reuse, re-leverage, and, uh, you know, not recreate the wheel, I thought, sure, I'll post this. And uh, since I was posting it for NBI, um, part of that, uh, I think, social contract is to also use it in your own blog, or in my case, my podcast. So for you viewers out there, and you know, you know you're not viewers, you know, we're still debating, we're still researching. Grimes on assignment in Carndoom looking into that, but uh, wanted to be able to read this poem to you today, and it is kind of lengthy. I guess I was pretty uh, ambitious uh, back in my younger days, but here it goes. A little simple, but still gets the point across, I think, and is fun. It's titled, Donald Bain. Of Donald Bain I tell today a tale of woe, or so they say. He gambled with his precious gold and bargained with his very soul. Now Donald Bain a miser was, he'd never drop a dime because his life was just a quest for wealth. He thought of no one but himself. For many years he scrimped and saved and hoarded gold but never gave. So it was that in the end, one by one, he lost his friends. But Donald Bain was not perturbed. He liked remaining undisturbed, sitting in the evening light and counting coins into the night. He rarely ventured into town to spend his wealth and gamble round. The people liked it just that way. They're jealous, Donald Bain would say. They'd steal it all. They would dare to steal my wealth and never care, and leave me penniless and poor with nary a coin of golden pure. And so he closed his doors to men in order to his gold defend. He built a shining silver vault with locks of steel. He sealed it off. At last he felt his wealth secure. The combination was obscure. He memorized it in his head and smugly slept upon his bed. When morning broke, awoke he then and went to count his gold again. He turned the knobs upon the lock and sat a while in silent shock. Numbers flitted through his mind, but certain ones he could not find. The ones that opened up the door and let him touch his golden pure. Ah, he cried, I am undone. A tangled web indeed I've spun that's caught my gold, my precious ore. My life is naught if I am poor. 
Thus he cried throughout the day and screamed of fortune's willful way. My soul I'd give to this he swore if I was wealthy evermore. And to his horse, horse impassioned plea, a dark voice answered mockingly. It whispered secrets in his ear and promised wealth throughout his years. If you wish this, Donald Bain, I can grant through art's arcane your heart's desire, if you swear, to give your soul into my care. Donald Bain, in desperation, swore without a reservation. The dark voice laughed like waves of fire. I therefore grant your heart's desire. Awaking as if from a dream, his eyes espied a golden gleam. Before him lay his vaunted wealth. He'd been locked inside the vault himself. A sad tale, that of Donald Bain. He died a wealthy man in vain. All for love of worthless gold, he lost his own immortal soul. That's the tale of Donald Bain. And I wrote that over 30 years ago. True story. At the tender age of negative two, as far as you know. Let's move on to our fifth beacon, Minrimon. Minrimon is a flame, and now a word from our sponsors. Harry Drim's Mumac Daycare Kennel and Spa, just south of the crossroads on I-42. This week's special, fearsome death mask pedicure, sure to strike fear into the staunchest Gondorian. Hello Kitty images are also still available. We will make sure all of the crushed organs, bones, and gore are cleaned out of all the nooks and crannies of your big buddy's little putties. So let us take care of your Mumac grooming needs at Harry Drim's Mumac Daycare Kennel and Spa. After a day with us, your pampered Oliphant will put the spark back in your Mumac attack. That brings us to Kalanhad, usually a beacon reserved for more weighty matters. And what do we have to talk about in this one? Well, there's the Summer Producer's Letter. Summer Lotro Executive Producers, Producer's Letter from Vivian. And first of all, let me say that just that there is a Summer Producer's Letter is huge to me. Um, many of the other games that I follow have uh, producer's letters throughout the year to keep the, the users engaged and informed. And Lotro for a long time fell into a pattern of uh, only issuing producer's letter um, during the first month of the year. This is one of the problems that, in my opinion, was left over from the um, from the tenure of Kate Piaz. And I don't know Kate well enough to judge her specifically. Um, you know, there may have been other factors uh, in, in play at that point in time, but I do look at the point in time during her tenure as one of perhaps the most minimal communications coming outward from Turbine uh, to their end users and game audience in all the time I've been playing at Lotro. And so from that perspective, I do consider it a nadir in the game, one that Aaron Campbell reversed, and that Vivian appears to be following up on herself. So again, very happy to see that. More is better. You know, are there a lot of new facts reduced in the summer producer's letter? No, not a ton, but you only need a couple to keep people tantalized and talking and speculating and engaged with the game, and that's what they did. So... Um, Let's talk about, uh, you know, there are other podcasts that are touching on this in more detail. I'll just give you my quick spin on a few of the topics. First of all, a new PVMP map. 
right? If there's people still doubting it's coming out, um, I think it's time to hang it up. Uh, I'm sure you'll find something else to snipe about when it does premiere and you're not happy with the implementation. But um, this is the first item on their list and they have said specifically it's going to be released this summer and it's happening, people. Um, so this to me sounds like an interim update before, um, before Minas Tirith, which would be later in the year. And, uh, you know, I say rejoice and be glad. Stop the teeth gnashing. This is going to be fun, at least for a little while. And if they find ways to, you know, give missions and waypoints within Osgiliath, you know, um, kind of capture the flag style where there's, you know, waypoints that can be switched back and forth that give buffs or real rewards, you know, even aside from just, uh, you know, continuing... Um, renowned gains and so forth, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what they came up, come up with. If they're inventive and creative, I think this will certainly inject um, some interest back into the PvPMP community, at least for a while. And uh, anything that does that is going to be positive. We're, we're giving some love to an area of the player base that has not had it for quite some time. And, you know, I know a lot of people are saying fix the imbalances first. Well, they're going to be taking a look at the imbalances as part of releasing this map, or so they say at least. Um, so they're recognizing, you know, the map itself is not a cure-all. There's, there's more love to be had. So let's see what they come up with and then say the world, uh, the sky is falling. Uh, the next is the Adventures of Bingo Bothan, which is, uh, you know, they've put a name to the episodic content that's going to be released uh, throughout the year. And um, so a couple details that, you know, have been hinted at before. They do, say, they do say each week a new episode of the quest will unlock, showing you where Bingo is off to next. So one thing you know for sure, you're going to get a fresh little, you know, may not be much, but a blip of new content every week to keep people engaged with the game. It's going to be traveling, right? So you're going to see areas of the game that uh, you might not have gone back to for a while, if you, unless you're leveling an alt, uh, to show off some of the great locations of the game. Um, the other piece of news that was attached to this, I consider a little bit of a letdown, and that is the name, The Adventures of Bingo Boffin. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's not bad, it just could be better. Um, I think it's hard to take it seriously now for me. So how dramatic can the themes be for Bingo Boffin? I just hope it's, it's not a goof, but I'm a little bit worried um, you know, it sounds a little like an intrepid reporter episode from MMO Reporter or, you know, a find tinky game <laughs> from Lotro players. Those things are fun. They, they have their place in the game. But I was hoping the episodic content would be a little more serious storyline, a little more engaging, you know, more than kind of a, a festival RPG fun little anachronism. And it, it still could be. But the fact that they chose a hobbit and they changed, chose a name like Bingo Boffin... I think sets a light tone to it, which will still be fun, just maybe not what I was hoping for. Um, you know, I think one of the big questions is, will there be rewards to this episodic content, or is just the content itself the reward? And if it is, that's okay. Um, I think they would, if they could find something that would, you know, keep players interested, maybe not, you know, actual game advantage for endgame, but, you know, maybe something along the lines of festival equivalents um, that could be that could be earned by completing the episodic content. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe some festival tokens that you can use the next festival that's coming up and you could build up a little stockpile um, so that you don't have to do the same festival 
content again and again since they have not had anything new for that in a while. Just an idea. Bragg fixes Lotro. Bang. Uh, Minas Tirith. So this is the part that I think most people are going to be most excited about. Uh, it says, for the late fall, world designer Chris Pearson is already hard at work kiting the shining example of Middle-earth beauty from stone. So um, glad to hear they got one guy working on perhaps the most massive and iconic location the game has seen yet. That's a big confidence boost. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe Chris has some other guys that are helping him, but the way they described it, it sounds like pretty much Chris is doing it all by himself. So I guess maybe we can expect that in 2018. <laughs> Hopefully there's some other people involved. <laughs> um, they do say that we uh, can expect exciting and surprising take on the Siege of Gondor, uh, unlike anything we've seen before. So that is promising to me. It's, you know, once again, they're trying to take a unique approach to um, use systems and content that tell the story the best way for the area of the game that we're in. Um, so that could take a lot of forms. There's been some speculation already on the forums and other podcasts about it. Um, you know, could it be a dynamic event of some kind? Uh, you know, some major, um, you know, legion boss that spawns on the Pelennor fields and that, uh, you know, you need to penetrate the hordes and take out, you know, some kind of public instance uh, where people can group together and mow through the ranks. You know, I think that's the big question is, will there be an active... Will there be active landscape mobs you can try to penetrate at your own peril? And when I say at your own peril, I mean, if you're trying to run through the armors of Mordor, you should get slaughtered, <laughs> right? Unless you can find maybe a break in the troops and you can get in and take out a key objective, um, you know, maybe a raid level mission to penetrate the horde for a specific, take out a specific threat or siege machine that's really hurting the city. That could be potentially kind of fun and neat. And, uh, you know, a wrong misstep and you, you, you activate a whole legion and they turn and take you down. <laughs> so there are some interesting things there. Remember, there's a lot going on strategically around the Pelennor fields with the different armies at play. Um, you know, you could there could be uh, Rohirrim contingents. There could be eventually armies of the dead, Oathbreaker contingents coming up from the south. Uh, you know, rangers from Athelion. There could be, you know, Dal Amroth troops um, late to the game, etc. So there's, there's lots of opportunity for little side things here and there. And the one thing I'm holding out hope for is that um, there's some kind of six-man instance to penetrate the, um, to penetrate the, uh, the tombs of the kings um, that are up attached to the higher circles of Minas Tirith to you know, help Pippin penetrate those in order to you know, save Faramir from being burned. I think that could be kind of a neat scene and uh, you know, maybe an interesting opportunity for an instance that would help show you that part of the game. So, again, I uh, hope Turbine devs are listening. Next, um, new store. Okay, so I won't belabor the new store except to say this is much needed. <laughs> you know, you can't have... This is this is how you're making your money, guys. You can't have something that takes you know 30 seconds to render. It's just you know it's curtailing sales. It definitely is impacting them. There's no question. And I think it's more excitingly, it's it's further proof that the game is not going anywhere soon. At least the plan is not. You know that could always change. Who knows on a dime? But the plan is you know not to retire the game anytime soon if you're doing server upgrades and uh, redoing your store interface. So that's exciting. New servers and data centers um, 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say this may be the best news of all that we will see. Uh, I'm excited for the potential for helping to address many items around the game uh, from a performance perspective through these moves. So that's exciting. Transfer system and server merges. Um, looks like those are getting closer. Uh, it would be nice if we had a timeline for the server announcements to end the speculation, but you know, I'm sure when they have something solid, they will release it. And they've said you'll have three months past the day of the launch and continue playing on smaller worlds while planning where your move will be. I am on a server, I think, Vilya, that is probably going to be on the edge. If you had to ask me, uh, you know, best guess, I'd say we're going to survive. Probably just enough population to survive. Maybe get someone small folded into us to make us larger. Uh, but I wouldn't say that we're that large that we're out of the danger zone. Uh, there's definitely a possibility that we could have to fold, and that'll be interesting. If I do, I'm going to be looking for server suggestions out there. I'm going to be asking you viewers, you know, you know, for suggestions. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, they also say there's some other features coming, aside from all that good stuff that they're not ready to announce yet. So uh, more is good. <laughs> not going to put too much stock in that until I see what the future may bring. But generally speaking, there's always some spit and polish and perhaps some minor system enhancements that could come along that as well. Hopefully, imbuement will be further developed um, and or fine-tuned. And, uh, you know, they could probably use some more work on the Essence system as well and uh, make some adjustments to the rewards that uh, I've heard some complaints about. More for me and the team soon. Athena Vivian Peters, executive producer. Vivian Peters, thank you for communicating out to your community as you're supposed to. <laughs> it is appreciated. And with that, it is time for Blessed Relief. That brings us to the end of the 34th episode of Light the Beacons. You'll hear enough out of me later this e week anyway, it sounds like. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. You can contact me at braggsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for Argyle, like my kilt. Light the beacons where when it's not Scottish, it's crap. On Facebook or Twitter at braggsonofbalan or my website at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on the podcast. Would love an iTunes review. Appreciate it. If your comments incite me to forego my dwarven apathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. So, I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before, perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective, and most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle-earth. This is Bragg, son of Balin, signing off. Baruch Kazad. And remember, the next time you follow a hobbit named Bingo around Middle-earth and he leads you to a senior center in Tuckborough for Wednesday night game night, don't despair. Just yell, bingo, and then light the beacons. Ah, let's take a leap in the old pond here. Ah, there we go. Oh, it's beautiful. Swimming, swimming in my swimming pool. Days when hot, when days were cold. Oh, it's the dwarves that go swimming with hairy naked women. Cannonball! Splash! See you soon, guys. <laughs>